0: Socks. Alright,
1: you want a mic on? Undershirt, overshirt.
0: Can you check to see if it, uh, it's not gonna like explode? Nah, the gain's not gonna be too high and start peaking or anything, does is it? Is your way
1: to check that. We can monitor it, that bottom bar.
0: I mean, you, I mean, you probably know he's better than I do.
1: No, this is my first time using this stuff. Check setup. one,
0: two, see how it's like right at the top? That's because there's two of them.
1: Also the fan, you gonna know, pull that drill yeah, yeah, I'll turn it off. Right. It'll actually help
0: with the smoke, all right.
1: my drink in front of me. You don't mind, do you? Gosh, we're going to be able to hear the kids. So much for quiet with the movie. Quiet down. You're ruining our moment. Alright, cool. 100% dead. I don't know what episode number it is. We're recording. Yourself. Yeah, I think. We are. Little red mm-hmm. button. Okay. All right, start off. Introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, yeah, how many kids, how long you've been married. Sure. Basics.
0: First and foremost, I want to explain that we are sitting on the back porch of my home here in Hayesburg, Mississippi. My name is Evan Nicolosi, and um, we decided if we're going to do 100% dad we might as well have 100% um, Nice top shelf bourbon and 100% nice top shelf cigars. So It's watered down with soda and ice. <laughs> well, that's because we're dads, I guess. Yep. Um, I'm Evan Nicolosi. I've, um, as far as my familial status, I come from a family of three children and um, I ended up marrying my wife who, it's a little interesting story there, we met on a um, mission trip, actually in Italy, uh, with Campus Crusade, with a you know, college ministry, and we basically decided we were going to pursue to kind of get married, and then we, um, we did that, and we did that in 2012, we met in 2010, and um, from that standpoint, we actually kind of went through a few different stages, and, um, childbirth and we ended up um, deciding we were going to go through the foster to adopt um, program through the state. Um, Mississippi is like a really, um, you know, thing, things are done a little little um, slower in a sense here and things are done a little, little differently and so we kind of face a lot of challenges going through that. Um, but we um, actually went through with a few of our other friends, another couple in our church And we found a, um, we kind of went through the whole program, got, you know, did a home study. And that took about three months to kind of get everything completed. And then we, um, the week after our final home study, we actually um, talked to our resource worker and they had a, they said they had a a little girl for us. So we, within a a couple weeks after us getting finalized, we had a, a, a girl that came in into our house and um she had she was eighteen months old and she's kinda been our you know, she was obviously a child, kinda not really a child, but she didn't doesn't have really any memories or anything of her previous mm-hmm. lifestyle. So she, you know, as far as she, you know, she knows we're mom and dad and we've kind of we've been through a lot of talks and she's um she knows that she's adopted, so the second part of the story was that we, we had her, I think, for about two years and On December 21st in 2017 we actually finalized the adoption for her Um, and that was kind of a cool story because my father passed away a year before on the exact same year anniversary of it was when we actually finalized the adoption for her and so um, we changed her name and her name is Olivia Grace Nicolosi and my wife kind of picked out the name because she wanted to be Livy Grace, which is almost like living grace, um, because that's kind of how we thought her life was, you know, in a sense. She definitely had a a hard pass and a lot of, there was definitely some baggage that she dealt with, but, you know, as far as she knows, you know, we've kind of raised her and, you know, we have some some ties to some of her um, biological family, but she definitely has fit right in with um, all of her
1: other cousins and everything in our family too. She'd been married eight years
0: mm-hmm
1: well 2012 is 2020 quick math yep in august and you're a banker for a living hmm that's right so and, and, and and that aug- math in, was still a struggle for you in,
0: in august it'll be it'll be eight years so it's technically seven but yeah that's
1: okay great. rounding eight years uh, that's how you should do it in the stock market well <laughs> i guess it depends which direction <laughs> uh what do you do for a living so i am in
0: banking um, i'm essentially in private banking my title is a professional executive banker i deal with a lot of um, doctors and attorneys and um, other kind of high affluent customers in the market and i deal with a lot of their loans and um, some smaller investments that we deal with and kind of work as basically a private banker for a lot of the um, mass affluent customers in our market okay I don't even know what a private banker is, I just assume so my background is i I started out in commercial lending, started out as a credit and, and yeah this is all banking taught, but I, you know a, a lot of people who go and go this route will know you know you start as a credit analyst i 've done commercial banking for a number of years, which is you know financing a lot of um, startup up occupied companies or you know doing small financing for real estate and stuff so like someone's that. so someone 's come
1: submitted the paperwork to someone else, and you 're on the back end looking. Saying, that's where I started. they have these assets. Yep, that's where I started. They have these expenses. They have this income. Yeah, that's right. So I did that Did that on the
0: back end a lot and kind of went through there. And then when I actually, I finally moved to Hattiesburg um, in 2014 is when I started working kind of on the front lines as, a, as an actual uh, loan officer or a relationship manager is kind of the, probably the better term.
1: Okay. How much of banking is, uh just by the book, you're just kind of pushing it through versus... You know, I feel like this is going to be a good deal, or you know, we'll make our money. Or this guy's going to pay. or yeah. This business is worth investing in.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's that's one of the reasons that a lot of commercial loan officers will start in the and the number side because to to be a to be kind of a commercial or professional banker, or private banker, you have to really have good relational skills as well. Um, but you know, as FDIC and a lot of other Standard practices continue to crack down, and things change year by year. Um, we have a lot of things that we have to kind of take into consideration, and so I mean, we just um, you know there's there's a there's a lot of factors you have to take in. I mean, every time there's any type of obviously large influence, any type of depression in the economy, we got to take that into factor, and we got to you know play with the hands we're we're give you know play with the uh, the hand that we're given, kind of thing. So you um. There's definitely a lot of standard practices that you have to buy, abide by. There's policy, but if you are, if you do, if you're in production like I am, you know, at the end of the day, your job is to produce and not to, um, count beans. And so we, you know, it's, it's my job to make sure that if a deal makes sense, we have to
1: find a way to make it, to okay. make it work. To find maybe a different path. To right. get mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. you going to do that the rest of your life? That's what your dad did, wasn't it? That was I my, he yep. something banking. Yep, he was. I never knew what. So um, my father
0: was a banker, and my mother's um, father, so my grandfather as well was also a banker. So um, my Wait, one more time, my, your grand, mother's my, my father. Yep. So my grandfather on one side, my mother's side, yeah, um, actually got my dad into banking. So once oh. they got married, he um, he actually started working for his bank, <laughs> um, and that's kind of how he started started getting into it. I mean, he that's was he he was kind of one of those guys that went from the push cart all the way to you know executive management. over makes a push cart. I mean, just like branch telling you know all, all okay. the you know pushing envelopes back and forth the different branches to the point got where it. you know he was in you know so um, and 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 he was good at what he did. He um, he. He actually technically works. Um, the last, so in 2015, he passed away from intestinal, gastrointestinal cancer. But from there was when he Is that Colton. Uh, that's Colin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, yeah. So I don't know where all you want to go with this. So I'm not trying to make anything. I was just asking too, questions. I'm not trying to make anything too sappy or anything. But he, um, he went um, prior to that for about six years. He worked for the bank that I now work for. Um, so it's kind of cool to see things go full circle. Really. Mm-hmm. so he worked for um i mean I don't, you know he worked for sun trust for about 30 plus years okay and toward, was a long time yeah it was a long time and that was obviously through a lot of mergers and it was it was something you know it was from flagship to some bank to a few other banks uh, but anyway so um i that, i i kind of decided in college that that was kind of the route i wanted to go and i mean it's not really a it's there's no real pretty story to it i just um started doing that and we for my first was, like, was
1: it you wanted to be like that or you just saw that as a lucrative career because it did well for him
0: yeah probably a little bit of both um it, you know it was always something that it was something that we grew up and we knew so it seemed comfortable but I also Cause i feel uh, like no one's like my passion's banking yeah and i mean i still have other passions in life but it is uh, the the one fun part about banking is getting to see things go from from zero to um start to finish basically so i mean you, get, you do get to see some some really cool startups and other businesses that go on different you know different levels from startup to you know all the way to saturated and retired kind of businesses but it's fun to watch that
1: what did your dad think a uh i'm sure you talked about it with him because you're going in that career because he started what 60s 70s i assume Oh, wait, your dad no. No,
0: not my. You know, he was born in the 50s, so yeah, probably 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 about the 80s and I'm I'm not sure if flat my head to be honest with you.
1: Um I assume banking now or you know the time when he passed versus when he started. Yeah, completely different.
0: Yeah, and I think about that all the time because, you know, we I, it was at a point where um in fact, when I and this is another side story, I'm sorry for going on tangents, but when we when I started my banking career, I had just moved to Mississippi and um he was actually working for the bank that i'm working for now and both of those banks were about the same exact size and bank whenever i started back in 2012 and um also they are both mississippi headquartered banks and they're the two largest banks in mississippi so it's kind of fun because you know i called him every day and we just we were able to discuss a lot and we kind of knew about some of the same stuff going on in at least my market and kind of stuff so hmm. um, It it was kind of fun for a little little while. But to answer your question, we kind of, um, you know, banking obviously has changed a ton just throughout the years that I've been in there. And I can't imagine having to go through... Obviously, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and you know, and, and even before that, you know, back when prime was in its you know twenty something percent, all that kind of stuff. And
1: oh, that's right, because the seventies was that way. Seventies was yeah. extreme interest. Yeah, different. And, and
0: I don't want to not, but just you know, seen a lot of different rates, and you've seen CD rates go down, and you've just seen the way people bank, and we've gone from handshakes to cash flow, and it's it's a totally different beast now.
1: So, anyways. Yeah, I mean that's what it feels like. I feel no offense, but I feel like I hate most bankers. I like you. Well, and 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 it's like you just can't do
0: anything for me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, well, and a lot of that has to do with the scrutiny of you know. And that that might change now
1: because I'm in a different position in my life than before when I was talking when I was starting a business. <laughs> yeah, broke, but and they probably really couldn't. I just it was still irritating.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's real tough because it you know you know back before. A lot of things that have happened, you know, even probably since you know the early two thousands. There's, you know, it was relationships was was banking. That's all it was. And now relationships are vital and key to quality bank relationships, or you know, just banking customers and client or clients. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have a lot of practices we have to abide by, and we're getting scrutinized by,
1: yeah, you know, the FDIC and you know all kinds of stuff, so it's, it's just different. I still like the small, and, uh, you know, we're from St. Augustine, so there's no small banks left. They keep getting bought out. I kept going to them, but they kept getting bought out by bigger banks, and then that would get bought out by a bigger bank, and so I think St. Augustine's left with literally zero small banks now. Uh, but I love driving here, because y'all have here in Mississippi. Just this road coming here with, what, 10, 15 different small independent banks. I don't know how small, but Names I've certainly never heard of. Yeah, we have about 22 banks on just
0: our, you know, street when you pull out of our driveway all the way back down through downtown.
1: Um, that kind of fit a lot of mold of what you would call a community bank. And which I, I always like that because especially in the business world, um, gosh, we're so far off anything related to being yep. a father. But <laughs> we're going to delete it. Um, I could walk into, you walk into the branch and everyone knows who you are. And we did mm-hmm. a lot of cash so we were in there all the time mm-hmm. um, but if i was out of town and something needed to be done like they would just they would get it done even though it wasn't necessarily protocol because they knew yeah. me they knew my voice we could get stuff done without a signature get the signature later yeah um and that's what i appreciated. versus now they got balled out and none of the people at the branch decided to stay so now no one knows who i am i'm just a number and an account note you know we had to do the wire the other day and it was just a complete pain because yeah. you know because of covid was part of it but and no one who, you know, I get to the window outside because you have to do drive-through. Mm-hmm. They, you know, ask if I have an account there. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, come and, on.
0: And, and that's the thing too. Like, it's going to a point where banking is driving to more of a commodity business, like anything, like insurance and stuff, um, just because of you know just technological aspects. And I mean, consumer banking is f- fully automated and almost online. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't moved that. There more. Mm-hmm. In fact, what you'll see with a lot of, and this this may or may not be interesting, but what you'll see with a lot of um, a lot of banks and even some of the banks I've worked for in, in the past, that you'll see that um, you'll see hours start to change for consumers. And I mean, like I worked for a, for another bank for a number of years, and we had slowly started to move our hours to where four or four thirty on a, on a given day is when we would close, and it was because between that four to five. 5:30 p.m. Um, time time slot. About 90% of the transactions that were being do- were being done could be done on your on your mobile phone. And so, what you're seeing is you're starting to train the consumer bank consumers and banking to start to have to come technologically adapt to everything. And so, um, you know, it's just a it's just it, it's constantly changing. You have to just like any any other industry with technology you're having to adapt a lot and you know with on top of that we' being scrutinized by um, government and fdic you've, you've got a lot kind of a lot of factors going in there but you know at the end of the day it's it's you get to deal with businesses and and at the end of the day at least on my side of the job you get to deal with people every day and that's kind of what I like to do and so that's the uh, that's kind of the, the fun part I guess is that it's at the end of the day you for certain businesses you are you are there point man you're going to be the relationship aspect and that's the kind of part i like to do
1: um so you fostered Uh, good transition is that something (laughs) is that something you guys hard transition is what we call that that's right okay um is that something you guys are still doing or open to doing or is that stage of your life done
0: well um at this
1: point because i I guess you mentioned at this point your wife's also pregnant yes so so you got one what, five-year-old and and
0: mm-hmm. one on the way yep so we've got one five-year-old and um we have been blessed as a family and we've got um another child on the way he's going to be born in november just the day before thanksgiving so um
1: you know if i know anything about due dates that child will be born any day except the day before thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> probably born on the day of thanksgiving when we're at
0: you know, some mother-in-law's house for the day kind of thing. Not some mother-in-law, our, my mother-in-law. Just a random
1: mm-hmm. random Mississippi mother-in-law. So, um, excuse me. This is your first time smoking. It is. It's it's
0: it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. It may become a little addictive, too, from this point.
1: If we have any battery power, we should get a shot at your humidor in your collection. Oh,
0: goodness. That <laughs> won't impress anybody on this, on this, but, um... No, we won't do it. So... Um, we're, so, anyways, yeah, you were you were talking about. We we are expecting, and that's that's another story in itself. We're very excited. We've been um, we've been blessed, and we've kind of gone through we've gone through different stages in our life. Um, and I think that you know I'm a firm believer, and you know you you only know God's will until you're um, in excruciating pain, and then He decides to change and and, and give you another path. And um, we've seen that you know happen with just different different aspects of our life. We went from what we thought was basically full infertility to um, having the ability to have children, and um, we were blessed with that. And, oh, um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so we um, we we had gone through different a few different phases of trying to um, have a child. Um, when we first were um, first got married for a couple of years and went through a few small, pers- you know, kind of procedures i guess you call them and um nothing ever panned out and so in and my personal belief and opinion that you know god kind of opened up a door for us
1: to look into the foster community and it's okay so that's what so you tried on your own first and then went foster Mm -hmm. and then adopted
0: yep and and we 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 you know we've been in the foster community for a while and that's a that's been a whirlwind of fun because we you know that's not just that you're not just diving into a I'm going to take on a child, and and, and it's an entire community of people um, who you know. And and I always tell people that I would have never ever wanted to adopt or foster, or never even thought that was in my sight um, before I got married. And then when whenever I actually telling her I got married, she said that that was always something she wanted to do. And you know, it's it wasn't some layup to say that that's why we did that. But you know, we we always said we'll, we'll have a few children and we'll adopt. And there's a lot of people who say that, but. I think um, you know God intentionally closed the door for us to um, kind of go that direction, and man, it was—it was—it's—it's it, been—it's been a great thing for us because we've we've been a part of and seeing so many cool stories and seeing so many presentations of just the gospel in itself, seeing people just kind of take on um, children in different circumstances and people's people's lives be changed. So
1: there's uh, a lot of good stories. Are there any bad stories that come out of it?
0: Yeah, there, there definitely is. And, you know, there's always, um, you know, the, the, the reality is that foster is real life. Like you are, you know, no matter what you are, um, taking on children that are, you know, 90% of the time having large issues and it's either based off of abuse, financial neglect, or kind of some kind of combination of the two. And so, um, at the end of the day, um, and just unf- unf- unfit biological parents are probably be my third, my third, third point that you see. But you see, you see all these different scenarios, and you here you get to hear a lot of stories and people who are trying to, um, you know, deal with real life because it's it's pretty messy. Um, you you will take on children, and you know, you you get to a point where, and, and we were talking about this earlier today, but you'll get to a point where you, there's things you just you're just not prepared for. You don't know, you know, anything about. You don't know whether or not they. Um, what their diet restrictions are. You don't know anything about, you know, if they're allergic to anything or, or you know, even if there's something that's going to kind of spark some type of previous historical issue that they've just dealt with in their life. Cause I mean, right. these people are coming from a lot of different backgrounds and so. You know, you'll see that in just different scenarios, and so...
1: So, I mean, fostering, in my world, I only knew what I saw from the movies, where I was like 10, 20 kids in a foster house, and mm-hmm. everything was crazy, and right. I just thought, you know, all, essentially an orphanage with some parents. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, that wasn't the case here. Yeah. Um, and that seems like, you know, the community around it, so I guess it's kind of a misnomer, Well, I think from my perspective. I think there's a couple different
0: types of really good... Um, Benefits and type of people, and, and I'll say this: like we were, we were never, um, we went in very intentional into into fostering, and you know, we never said we wanted to come in and be a, a full revolving door for um, like li, like a like a almost a halfway home or, or whatever you would want to call it, or a, you know, halfway home's not the right word, but just you know, a, an orphanage or you know, whatever it may be. And what, what we intentionally wanted to do was to um, find a connection, and we wanted to um, carve them into what would be our family. Um, and, and I think that there's two different types of people, or not types of people. I think there's two different mentalities there. And so we we always wanted to make sure we we did that, and you know we were open to whatever whatever the Lord's will is, because you really just never know. But um,
1: it was um, so. Wh- what's that process like as far as like do they give you? Yeah, I just picture like a, a a a scene in a movie where you're looking for the terrorist, and they slap down the file with the picture and mm-hmm. the history on the person. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of like that, or do they just say we have a child, and you get what you get? It really
0: depends. Um, you know, you can, and I don't mean to say that just open ended, but you, what, you know, one of the ways that you'll do it is you will go in and you'll talk about, you'll give parameters depending on what your, you know, what your abilities are as as a family. Because you have to assess yourself, you know, as parents, you know, and decide what's going to be beneficial for who we take on. I mean, obviously, if you are brand new financially, you know, still securing your lifestyle, you're not going to want to take on four special needs childs that are all siblings that have a lot of baggage to them. And so, you know, you can can kind of... You, you definitely do kind of fit fit parameters and say this is kind of what we're looking for and you know again this is like we're talking about in banking I and mean, this is a relational piece because you have to be really close with resource workers and, and that kind of thing and make sure that they understand what, you, what you're looking for and, and vice versa uh, but at the end of the day it, it is tough because the whole fostering world has as a large um, a large hole in, in it and that is the the actual personnel that work for that that company and these are people that are underpaid that are you know see things that you and i will never see in in one day we're we're talking
1: social workers I Mm -hmm.
0: talking about the social workers or resource workers that you can call them but these are people who like you know in one day they will tear children from a family Mm -hmm. take them you know strip what what a family would you know would construct it as a biological family and you know within that same day also see a whole new you know a whole new family that's being built and it's it, you know you're not that you're playing any type of superior godlike whatever but you you know you're doing a lot of work so it's it's right. it's always been really tough we we always said how how there was an issue with it because you know we had i think we went with with our with with Livy Grace we actually saw seven different resource workers in the time frame that it took for us to get her to adopt her and every single time it was another issue another concern another just
1: is it because her? I assume that's also called a caseworker. Mm-hmm. So, is that caseworker was always changing? That's right. Okay. It's high turnover. I mean, I, I've always heard because that's one of those careers where you spend a lot of money to get that degree, and you get the master's to make another two thousand dollars a year, and that costs you a fortune, and you top out in like high twenties, low thirties, yeah, as far as an annual salary, and it just is. Yeah, that a uh, horrible, horrible cost to get the job. Yeah. compared to return yeah that's the social work is, is and there's no climbing up in that field no it's, it's you do it because you love it but then it costs you a fortune to get into it mm-hmm. which is just it's a sad set of circumstances yep. that's right make this a happier talk okay you should have brought some magic could have we didn't it doesn't translate to video as well I never thought about that, because you can pause and rewind and try and catch the sleight of hand. Sure. We, we can talk about magic, but that will also be another long, interesting uh, conversation. We're, we're not going me. off on that tangent. Okay. I will go off on the cigar tangent of um, a true cigar connoisseur has a has a long ash, and it, keeps, helps keep, it has a purpose. It keeps the cigar cool. Yeah, it keeps it cool. You've you done a very good job.
0: I'm very impressed. A, well, let's see yours. Yeah, my um, I'm a firm <laughs> believer in size doesn't matter.
1: Um, it, but it affects the performance of a cigar. Your cigar is going to run hot there, which is going to make it a more bitter tobacco taste. But yep. That's I'm true. not here to judge you. I'm just telling you what you're doing wrong. Okay. So a true cigar connoisseur has holes in his shirt and shorts. And yeah. Um, I won't do that to you. I'll, I'll tap this off here in a second. I genuinely appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're also supposed to toast your cigar, before which you did, before you light it. That's what I was always told. Mm-hmm. I like the V-cut. You told me I was assisting for the V-cut. You can do whatever your heart desires. Apparently not, because you gave me a hard time for it. <laughs> uh, so you had two little boys as well. We did. And so that was a foster scenario where they went back with their mm-hmm. family, I assume? Mm-hmm. They
0: went back into the system. There's a, And you hear about these stories all the time. Um, so we had... A two boys for a little while that stayed with us for a little under a year, and when we got them, they were biological brothers. Um, and the the best way to kind of g- discuss what took place is these were boys with no. a. Oh, you're fine. You, no, you're good. So you,
1: on, on my way to tap it. <laughs>
0: well, I'm, I'm, but I'm, it
1: went on the hardwood.
0: Uh, I'm In sure you'll. I'm couch. sure you'll edit this to fit your to fit your set up but yeah i'm glad i'm glad you told me about how your ash was much more manlier than mine
1: it's supposed to fall off naturally <laughs> I, I did not intend for it to happen though especially during this part of the story No, yeah, that's fine so um anyways i'm assuming you always want to give you
0: background of how these things transpired than just saying we had two boys but we got we had um you know we we, had, we were op- you know opening to foster for a while and um Kind of the way things work we just we hadn't had a child in a long time and they came to us and we had never really said we wanted a sibling set we always wanted to try to take one project on a time but um, they, they came with us and they were two great little boys um, one of them was was um, the older one was development delayed and so we learned a lot about you know what it looks like to deal with people who are um, you know children who, have a lot of you know special attention that needs to be put on them and how they are learning the classroom and different types of classroom settings and um, so it, it was a, it was a great experience but um, at the end of the day they did have a lot of baggage um, and so there was um, you know they there was a lot of biological um, familial people and 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 things that were going on that made them you know kind of get put back into the system so it kind of breaks your heart in some some senses but when you the,
1: say get put back in the system what does that mean? Uh,
0: b- biological parents kind of were um, fighting to get things back and they okay. were they were kind of taken back in a sense and you know so we,
1: th- they went back with biological family
0: in a sense yeah and we don't you know we don't fully you know we don't like when you're you know, you're only limited to so much scope as as a, as a foster parent, um, and so you know we don't we don't we don't know anything about what they're doing right now. But we um, oh, they don't keep you updated. The social worker? No, that's that's a that's kind of a um,
1: that's kind of a matter of privacy. Um so, well, so I get maybe not knowing names and addresses and things like that, but an overall sense of things are going well. Um, yeah just because yeah and and, and we have we've talked to them we know
0: we know that they're doing good but there's um you know i I think that the the bigger lesson you learn from that is that um you don't know how much you get to be a part of people's stories sometimes and it's just like friendships and relationships in life that you know you just do what you can at the time and
1: you know hope that it you know makes an effect for their for their life later so so that plays out to where maybe things turn south again would you be like the first they called or does it just kind of start all over again or do you even know (laughs) well that's fun what a bummer Uh, so did you you want me to
0: talk about magic
1: again or is that what you wanted to go to (laughs) Uh, I'm just joking I was setting up like the best question in the world now you've distracted me I'll give you a second yeah you can think of your own questions as well uh did you tell me you kind of roundabout answered it uh, because i was going to ask if you guys were willing to foster again or if you're kind of if you're keeping it too or you are going to try again uh for another of your own or
0: yeah i I mean i don't think we 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 don't we don't try to control our own like i know this sounds this seems like a cliche and cheesy answer but like this is this is the mentality we've had to have as a family like we don't we we've been through enough in life with taking on children that out ours and seeing the effects of biological children and seeing kids that were in our home that have been taken away. I think we we don't we don't condone ourselves as like the, the full creator of the planet story. And I know that seems cheesy, but that's just kinda of where we stand and we're kinda of one day at a time and right now we're thankful that we we've we've been given the gift to have another child and we're gonna um, you know ultimately what we have to focus on for for us as a family is to make sure that you know this this new baby which is going to be a girl is going be you know um, brined to the right you know the right setting and um, be loved and that's that's kind of what we focus
1: on and for people who aren't from Mississippi you said brought into to the right setting yeah not brine right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right you don't salt the baby right and uh, we
0: also have a peck of peaches.
1: You got a back. That's right. It was about five gallons. That's right. Which, honestly, that that's not a Mississippi thing. This is the first time I've ever heard it, according to Ryan, the homeschool teacher. So, fostering. Is fostering intended to be an in-between to get back to parents, or is fostering intended to be find a home for adoption? So the number one rule in fostering is that...
0: Um the intention is always reunification with the biological parents okay and if you were on that side it makes perfect sense this is a this is a time period where a parent may or may not be off their game there you know there needs to be second third aspects of grace for them Mm -hmm. and so they can have the opportunity to um they may not be deemed fit parents at the point and they need to work on some things and um, fostering is essentially a time where you basically bring in a child, and you don't know what the next day will hold. That's why it's not a plan that's fit for your own carving or own control. But it's okay. It's all in the eyes of what, what kind of what takes place next. Now, in the same sense, we always wanted to foster to adopt, so we we did it through that through that kind of process with more of a mindset that you know we want these to be our children. But you know uh, that's that was just kind of one of our
1: personal mindsets that we had makes sense by the way you should have a nice long pool about every minute and that will keep it well lit gotcha and not overheated okay and it won't go out on you i appreciate you teaching me about all this stuff every once in a while i like throwing a nugget yeah good deal because <laughs> i double puffed and i'm like someone at their thing is going to think i don't know how to smoke a cigar but i just want to make sure it had been a while i just want to make sure it had not gone out to so do a little double double took on it well it's cigar fish
0: and cigar fishing audio hashtags us and has some issues we'll uh you can address that in your own sense okay
1: listen i learned from a complete stranger so it's true some guy took me to cigar school Some random person and i believed everything he said and i went to ybor city it was i guess it was a blast 200 oh my it was so much fun i actually mm-hmm. learned so uh coffee con leche Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought coffee would taste terrible with a cigar, and it is absolutely amazing. Coffee plays a large aspect. In actually, a lot that's of what things. we should have been doing. Actually, I like that a hundred times better than I do a whiskey or or beer with a cigar. A, a coffee-flavored cigar or coffee itself? No. Uh, so a cigar A cigar mm-hmm. With a coffee, coffee. Yeah, uh, so. I haven't I've done it with black coffee But coffee can leche, So really milky coffee well, We could coffee. have pulled
0: out our espresso machine And gotten you that But you know I didn't think about it I was just trying to play I was one, trying to get The camera one One, vice, oh, one wow. vice at a time For your audience here Caffeine In social media world
1: I have an extreme ADD So This is what it is well, I refuse I to think change. I think you're doing A great job uh, I will have to get better one of these days I'll learn how to do an interview properly and like actually I've structured these things but for now I just don't however the hell I want Well, I think there's a sense of um,
0: good thought process behind that because open format brings out the most authentic type of um,
1: conversation I like to think so uh, eight years so there's two big time frames for fighting in America. Okay. like the hardest times in your marriage seven years is one of them okay you guys said that or you're i mean it's well, like we've hit seven years are you asking if we have uh, well obviously you've hit seven years we okay. cover that aspect okay so have you guys hit that that stage of your relationship where it's been you know i don't think this is going to work anymore or just a massive fights or, or probably a longer stretch of period where there's been a struggle yeah i think that we um um, but I guess
0: by definition, if seven years is it, then we've definitely... Well, that, um,
1: that's like an average, right? Okay. and I do it like every two years. Right, okay. Because <laughs> we're overachievers. Well,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that someone else is in that ballpark. So, no, but we... Um, no, I don't think we... We've uh, never pulled out any divorce papers, just I guess if you're trying to play from one extreme to the other, but we definitely... Um, we've been through a lot of different types of life together. You know, we've seen birth we've seen almost death in a sense because you know of seeing people leaving our family and all that kind of stuff so you know there's been a lot of reasons and we've and we've struggled a lot with um trying to put on a family but you know i don't and that's not a sad story or a sob story i think everything is placed
1: in there for a reason but you know we've and i would think the way it's going it almost bonds you even more
0: mm-hmm. yeah it does and it um you know i mean i think that we've um you know if you have um two and a half children and a, a white picket fence, that that's a great blessing. And, you know, there's there's obviously different other things that you're working through with your life, but I think that we've been fortunate enough to kind of had to mold our lifestyle to understand, you know, what it means to be a family. And that's been really important to us. So, I mean, I, I, to answer your question, I don't think that we've, I don't think we've seen, a, a, you know, f- fights in the way that make you like, you know, question your, um, like status marital status or anything but i definitely think that you know there's moments where you learn that this is this is something we're gonna have to learn to grow through
1: and you just kind of have to buckle down and kind of work through it you're very go with the flow aren't you i am you just said because i like to have everything flow. like i know path i don't mind changing it and i do all the time mm-hmm. but it's almost because i've like i've redecided it, or recalibrated which i'm kind of doing all the time of, oh now we're going to go this way which mm-hmm. ryan hates because she says i'm always changing my mind i'm like i'm not i'm just we were going this way right but there's new factors i'm going this way
0: right you gotta choose choose the best path that makes sense of that time which i I think is every every, i
1: think every but i'm more like i always have a path that i'm going towards and sometimes i get forced one way i don't want to go or or sometimes i see a better opportunity or a better path where i'm not but i'm not go with like you're saying i'm not like letting go of control i kind of like i iron yeah i grip it yeah well, I don't. I don't
0: think that when I say that.
1: I think and, both ways are. Yeah, none of them are wrong. And, or right.
0: and I, I hundred percent agree. I'm, I'm very type B in a sense, but I definitely, you know, like, to, I think it's, you know, important to like structure the fact that like I don't, you know, I, I always want to have control. As like, you know, one of the biggest struggles is any type of, you know, uh, you know, middle class American father of a family does i mean everyone's going to want to continue to try to make sure that this is my family i'm taking care of this i'm going to have to make the next decision that's going to make be best for this family and that's and i've always had that and i think that if you probably contacted family or social workers all that kind of stuff they would say that they'd probably say a different story of this person's type b because you know i mean at some points you you fight for what you think is yours and you fight for what you want to be right but you know in the same sense i think that um there's definitely, you know, I, I think there's definitely a factor where you have to say, you know, um, at the end of the day, I, you know, there, I can control the things I can't control. And what I can't control, I'm going to, um, I'm going to use to the best of my abilities and use to kind of glorify in the sense of like the family and um, the faith and all that kind of stuff. And that's, you know.
1: You lean heavily on faith. Yeah, I do. Uh, where were you born? Mississippi? I was not. I was born in Florida. Why I live in Mississippi? I, 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 I knew the answer. Where, where we met was in Florida. Um so we met in Italy. Which well, I don't even know why why do they even do Michigan... or Michigans? Why do they even do missions in uh Italy? Could start, could, could, I feel could, like missions get done in like Africa and Haiti and that's like, that's like that's your best deadline twenty twenty question so far.
0: <laughs> um, no that's a good question. Like so um uh it can be a short story or a long story I'll try to make
1: it a shorter based on battery life we might have to make def- it short I'll, my, it
0: I'll make it a definitive
1: story I'll put it that way yeah um, got it, 45 minutes we're good
0: so your question was why do they do missions um, in, even in, in Italy that was like my
1: fourth question there was like five in one but yeah was there okay Yeah. that was the one that was what I got out of what you asked that was the last question I asked This way. Okay. You don't remember the first four, do no, you? No, can, you can rephrase it if you want. No, can. I don't remember me either. I was hoping you did. Okay. Good let's you. go with the last one. That's fine. Uh, so, the. Oh, it'll be why you live in Mississippi versus Florida. Well, okay. because so obviously I'll, I've chosen Florida and I like it. I gave a synopsis
0: a second ago, but so the, the short version is I grew up in Florida. I was. Um, I feel like that was a dig at me that I didn't here right the first no thing. no I, I was just saying that uh, no I, I didn't i i i, I, right, I already answered I this
1: question i'll do it again no <laughs> i'm crying out loud uh hardball with towns
0: and russell <laughs> uh, should have brought my never mind um so <laughs> i don't even know where that was going <laughs> um so we um so, I started out and, you know, obviously grew up in Florida, uh, grew, uh, born in St. Petersburg, moved to Fort Myers. Most of my um, actual childhood was in St. Augustine, Florida, which is where you spent a good portion of your adolescence, I'd say, at least a little bit, at least through high school, right? All of high school. All of high school. West Virginia before that. So, we, um, so long story short, uh, you know, Loved everything I, I grew up in, you know. Love Florida and love everything about it. And um, when I was at my in my undergrad at UCF in Orlando, we um, we were very heavily a part of Campus Crusade and you know the worship team and just the ministry at whole. And so they had a um, basically a connection point with Italy. And so they did a lot of summer projects where they would go out and do things over the summer. To probably stateside projects, and they also did a large international to Italy, um, and so I I'm Italian, um, and I love Italian culture and all that kind of stuff, and I took you know three, you know long semesters learning learning italian and all that kind of stuff and just love the culture itself so i knew i wanted to try to be a part of that and whether it was the right reasons or the wrong reasons i knew i wanted to be in italy and i've I'd gone a few times with my family in fact my sister had a um had a destination wedding there i love the place and so she really mm-hmm. i didn't know that she did so um just loved italy in itself and so i just wanted to be you know like any like any innate human quality i wanted to connect with that thing you know just like you want to do national travel i, I wanted to i wanted to learn more about italy and be a part of it so um both, I, both your parents were italian just my father okay is 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 100, so i'm technically just 50 percent. but um so but um anyways they um so we we, we had that, that partnership through the college and i had done a couple what they call vision trips where you'd gone for like a week and spent time there and kind of you know it's just a, it's a collegiate ministry was so
1: stay or over in over in italy
0: okay okay so, so you made multiple i made a couple areas, yeah just a couple a trips time. there yeah and so um but um what, were, do you, what do you do over there i keep interrupting you but no you're I'm fine curious it, it was um you basically do a lot of college ministry so you basically go on campuses with other college students and the thought process behind that is that obviously a college student connect with another college student and you go out there and you basically kind of um because I mean, we're talking Italy,
1: it's like the mecca of Christianity. In
0: a sense, it's the mecca of Roman Catholicism, and well, I'm Catholic, so yeah. I mean, there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. And like they, um, they have a very traditional style of
1: background,
0: and and like uh, you know, just um, Roman Catholic
1: Church, and and the so you're way you're people that are disenfranchised with the, the strictness of the right way
0: no and that and 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 the reality was that you know we we wanted to go in and just kind of be a part of just what you know what the church and is this gonna know, be okay for you is that all right or should i i'll i'll, I'll, I'll take see.
1: the label off and finish it properly yeah once i get there I'll, I'll move it off for you when you burn your fingers yeah find a twig bend it in half mm-hmm. and then you can. And then you chew the last remaining bit. Okay, I'm I'm glad I, I brought you on
0: board to help me smoke cigars tonight. That was my biggest worry about this whole interview. Um,
1: I feel like I'll never be invited again. <laughs>
0: so, um, going on tangents here, but basically, all it's 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 college ministry. It's the idea of connecting with other college students on a campus. And of course, okay. UCF where I went is now the nation's largest. Campus, you know, college campus. There's sixty thousand undergrad. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So sixty thousand undergrad there at the time. I think when I started there as a seventh, but no matter what, there's been forty thousand to sixty thousand since I when I went there. How
1: many national championships?
0: One declared national championship. So um, that that we can do a whole other topic on that, but I'm not sure if that fits in 100% dad. No, no, or 100% right. But that's a different story um <laughs> so we uh anyways we oh, keep getting me off on
1: these tangents, man <laughs> i love it all right uh, so you go to italy you're doing mission work yeah uh, and, and you and, ran into and, in and, the, and
0: here and to answer what you kind of started just because i want to do it real clear like in, in ministry i mean you know in, in a ministry aspect of that it's not to go in and teach someone what you think the church is the idea you're is not go, finding non-christians and trying to convert no. You're going
1: to college campuses.
0: Here, here's the, like, the thought processes and, like, even even in, like, Rome, like, uh, a, such, a, such a large, traditional, like, a lot of um, history with someone like Italy. You know, we always joked and said that the the, the church and the sense of Italy, because we all know, me mean, in different parts of the Roman Catholic Church in Italy, that the strengths and the weaknesses, and I think there's a lot of... Um, parts of that that make you make them very vulnerable and like we always joke that in italy the um it was almost like talk uh, the church is like talking about their mother where they could talk about it in a bad you sense can't. but you can't talk about it now yeah. so you know there's some sensitivity issues but at the end of the day you're just wanting to kind of overreach that and talk more about more um personal you know spiritual intimate conversations which is, oh, which is what you go over and do so anyways um I just wanted to put that. I wanted to punch that in there. You ever been to Jerusalem?
1: Huh? You ever been to Jerusalem? I have Israel. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool to do. Would it be? Oh, it's very, very cool. Would you take kids there?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, current
0: yep. environment. Mm-hmm. And when I went there, when I actually went there, I was a kid. I was in fifth grade, and I could hear and you know, even when we we're in Petra, I could hear bombs being put <laughs> off and oh, you know,
1: distant, distant miles, a few miles away. But anyways. Good. Because that's the real Mecca of Christianity. I want to make sure that got said. I don't actually think Italy no. really was. Uh, uh, that, Italy was. Italy is a stronghold for the Catholic right. Church. Right. You're, you're, when you Which say was, Mecca, that's I where Jesus Catholic. Christ
0: was born. Yeah, I, I yeah. get that. I got you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... I wanted to go there. i loved I love Italy. I have a passion for Italy. If you have a passion for something and you can coincide it with something that you're strong strongly opinioned about, it makes a lot of sense to do it. So that's what I did. And when I went when I chose to go there for a summer project, which is a six week project, I decided to go when University of Central Florida UCF decided to stop partnering with there with them in, in at least a sense of a short term time frame. So when I went there, um, I actually it was myself and thirty five Mississippi State university of mississippi state or mississippi okay. state university um, college students how would you make that happen um i forced i forced it upon them i, I made a lot of phone calls and tried to
1: so make, you went to your ucf people and were like find me a way find another yeah school. i was like
0: i, wa- I want to go on this trip and i want to be a part of it so i did so the joke was that i went there to learn, work on my italian and came back with a, str- a strong southern drawl <laughs> so they uh they was um and i'm assuming that's how you met your your wife that's what that's and that's where T- taylor was there and 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 met her there and um you know intentionally kept going from there to pursue marriage i don't think we ever started dating with the idea of just casually dating because when you're 700 something miles away you make sure it's pretty intentional so we were doing things off skype for a little bit and made a few trips and then we um we kind of made it happen so
1: wow so i didn't even think about that Mm
0: -hmm. long distance at the start Hmm.
1: so um we um, so at one point did you guys get to the same state? Um, Were you long distance, and then got married, or did you move to Mississippi?
0: No, I I actually right after I graduated in, in my with my MBA with my graduate degree, they um, we knew it was going to either be Florida or Mississippi, and Taylor was in o- trying to apply for occupational therapy school at the time. It's so one of them. It was University of Saint Augustine. She was a part of huh. in Florida. And the other one was in Jackson, Mississippi, which is called UMMC, which is a sub, you know, a sub co- sub medical college of um, Ole Miss. And okay. so she ended up there, just with the way everything worked out. The and Mississippi then, one. Yep, the Mississippi one. So I would fly up every couple of weekends, interview with banks and try to find a job. And then we ended up... Um, expensive date. Expensive date. I mean, when you're, you know, you, know, you got to fill up two and a half times tanks of gas just to, you know, go see her. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, I wouldn't say that's a uh, popcorn in a movie theater mm. type of relationship. But now we, um, anyways, we, that's just kind of how we made it happen. And, you know, it was, um, so when you talk about intentionality and being type B, I think that we, do, you know, there's sometimes where when you know what you want, you, you at least kind of go get for it, it I yeah. guess. So um, that's our lifestyle, and, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize that.
1: I had no idea about that story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So that's why you ended up in Mississippi. That's that's why we're here to this day, and we've been in a couple different. I, I guess, guess she got her. No, now if she had gone to University of Saint Augustine, would you guys be in Florida, or could, would you have gone back to Mississippi? Would
0: have could have should I not? Mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, right. uh, who knows? And so we're you know we're
1: again just one day at a time. And this is where we're at. So, well, it doesn't seem like a bad place to raise a family i I've, really, I've, I've actually kind of liked the whole set i love florida um we're on coastal florida so this is a little different uh, i've never lived in central florida like the farmland and uh oh, there's a great word for it i'm missing what do you call central florida disney world <laughs> north of that like ocala area <laughs> uh scrubs
0: i never grew up in the scrubs um, I'm not sure if I can say anything without sounding politically incorrect.
1: So I don't know. Um, I, I, I like the It's hot. It's a little hot. The roads could be a little bit better. air mm-hmm. well, was nice. I love the, I love the uh, heat, humidity and bad roads. Just welcome I, to Mississippi, I, man. I, I love the geography of everything I've seen in the southeast so far. And I never traveled. Um, mm-hmm. This is my first time to Mississippi. This is my first time to Alabama. Yeah. I've been through you know coastal Georgia before yeah but uh i just you know i love the rolling hills i love the different trees and well and also the different soils because all we have is sand in florida and you guys yeah. have clays and colors and uh, rocks
0: yeah and, and, I, and i'll say this just to you know because it's that's a, a really cool thing that i think i've gotten to experience that i've been very fortunate and blessed to and gotten to see a part of be a part of it. but like you know Mississippi is not a destination place to move to and uh, you know my wife is from the Delta which is just a large flat farmland up in North Mississippi and you would never have any reason to be there unless you were born there in fact there you know a large decline in population up there but at the end of the day one of the things that you learn is you know this is Mississippi is the hospitality state and one of the things that make people come here and never leave is just because of you learn you meet people that care more about relationship than anything else and there's a um, there's something to be said about that because when you realize that life isn't about just what your own personal agenda is and what you think needs to be your right and you realize that you know there's a lot there's a lot of selfless people here that really made made me open to kind of a whole new type of mentality um and so i was i was happy to get to see that and at least be a part of it i don't think i'm Anywhere near any of those people, but I think there's um there's something to be said for meeting people who you know are going to take you in no matter what you are, who you are, or how you look, and you know they they just love you to because you're you. And there's there's something cool. To I've that.
1: always heard a, a Georgia boy was telling me this that there's um you got your front front porch friends and you got your back porch friends. Okay. Is that, is that the same in Georgia or Mississippi? Yeah, that's the first time you've heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that before, but I'm uh, I'm guessing that's because it's like. So if you really like so if someone comes over because i guess in the south sometimes people just show up um like that's the way he was I got your door scene. yeah like hey how you guys doing so you sit in the front porch and chat for a little bit i got and, you uh and maybe this dates back a few yeah. decades, but well uh, okay i see it yeah. so like you know your friends and your social you sit in the front porch you have some tea and whatnot or, or whatever yeah. and have a drink and, and talk and chat and then they leave and they're really good friends you invite them through your house and sit in the back porch
0: yeah well there there's definitely a large like you know with good comes bad and there's definitely a large um you got a great front porch here by the way it's a back porch <laughs> uh, i had a great front porch until your kids were on it you can cut that one out uh, so one of the things with um you're talking about just kind of front porch friend and back porch friends in mississippi you know good comes with bad with just just being hospital hospitable to people and i think when you know there's there's definitely a large factor where there's a lot of small talk and you know you're going to be somewhat genuine to everybody and, and in a way also kind of cut yourself off so i think there's definitely a um there's definitely a lack of just intentional like really intentional relational hard hitting questions that people do here and they kind of put on a facade and you know if if you're you and I'm me we'll have a good conversation and not try to get to a point where we're crossing any um, gray areas to make us need to have any type of um, controversy with each other and, there, and there's kind of something to be said about that because you know people um, when people get real they can get real but you know if everyone's you know kind of people pleasing and just kind of looking out for each other um and that's just like that's like i'm not speaking for like the state as a whole like but this is just some of my experiences i've seen like from um this this like kind of socio-economic standpoint you heard
1: it here from governor Um, nicolosi that's right (laughs) am i using am i using too many words i don't know (laughs) um you have a will do i have a will yeah i don't really i don't get a will Okay. Like today. Okay. For real? Huh. You're killing me. Why? You're going to
0: kill me. Am I making me look like I'm...
1: So what, what were you going with that? Oh, I was genuinely asking. I ask every father. Oh? You need a will. Okay. I just tell them all. Yep. I, I figured you were a banker, so you're like so much paperwork and everything that like you just would naturally have one. Yep. I've got
0: um, the financial side kind of put in place, but I, I've, I've
1: actually never gone and it yeah, get one. Will it's super cheap. Yeah. So yeah, do that asap. Because if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, it wreaks havoc on her. Yep. Yeah. And the kid. them I mean, just for the process. Yeah. They'll get everything yeah. that's yours. Yeah. I've
0: I've, I've seen how estates work. I know. It's, yeah. It's
1: rough. Because probate court sucks.
0: Yeah. And no
1: one intends on dying.
0: That's that's part of the business. My risk goodness. management.
1: Why don't you have one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely curious, because you know it. Yeah,
0: well, uh. You've you've seen it. Uh, You want me to lie to you? No, you tell me the truth.
1: Okay. You just don't care. I just, I don't think I've gotten to that point. I think I've, you know. You got to that point when you got married, you got to the point again when you had a kid. It doesn't take much. You disagree with me. I don't disagree with you. Oh. All right. Are you going to do it? There's a lot of good things to do in this world. Uh, the God, yes. I still so 100% believe oh that's a nice line I'll use every father needs to have one okay like 100% just, that's good taking care of your family if you die whether you like it or not just get hit by a bus okay five, five minutes I think we've come to a good wrap anyways no I want you to get a will like, I'm about to put it together for you Gonna be super easy one. Life insurance. Mm-hmm. You got life insurance. Are you just saying that now? I'm not. Okay, good. <laughs> so what are other things? You're a banker. Oh, here's one. We'll drag controversy into. So I'm. It's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So I don't like that at all. You're a banker. So that's how banks make their money. Is by people borrowing. Um, and risk management. Yeah. So I've always been like super. Uh, not fond of credit cards and no. taking on loans and I mean we got a mortgage to get the house and things like that um, mm-hmm. you know we just try to pay it off as quick as possible um, but I guess where do you sit on that fence are you like keep your credit score up stay in debt like have payments on things are you more uh, live conservative build up cash or somewhere in between I think it depends
0: I think um I think there are things in this life that are, you know, um, my, my textbook answer and my, my honest answer is that, you know, I'm a firm believer in Ramsey and, you know, and, and having no debt. I'm also a firm believer in, you know, making sure that you play by, in a sense, societal rules and making sure that you have um, the ability to borrow if things come to a point where you need to. Um, so... You know, if you know, some some people are fortunate and, and, and work really hard and have the ability to um, build enough cash and, and work in kind of a good progressive mo you know, in a style in their in their life and be able to um, live in a cash good stable um, lifestyle. But I think that there's, you know, people who like to take risks. Who want to drive economic forces and start up businesses, and at the end of the day, you have to put in what you're going to try to put out, and so sometimes it takes on that it's going to take on the factor of wanting to make sure you um, have the ability to have other people that believe in you and make sure that you have a plan and have an understanding, and that's where you, that's when you borrow. I don't think you borrow in a sense. Um, from a bank, if you you know need to just go shoe shopping and want to have a twenty percent APR credit card from JC because you need the latest fashion, I, I you know I think that that's a lot of people try to put those two types of things in the same same um, thing because they say debt is bad.
1: And I don't, so you don't like a defeat lifestyle.
0: I don't like a, a what? You don't like debt defeat
1: lifestyle?
0: No, hundred percent not. No, I don't think that you need to be overtaken by debt. And I, I mean, you know of course, credit card companies um, make a profit off of, you know, the vulnerable. And I I don't think that shark lending is like something that, you know, any um, person that has a type of moral conscience believes. But I do think that like, you know, when it comes to like, actually making dreams come true, there are people that aren't blessed with, you know, trust funds and there are people that aren't blessed with, um, you know, the ability to have people that back them and a family to allow them to do the things that they want to do. And you know, you can understand from someone who's kind of been an entrepreneur, I deal with entrepreneurs all day long, and I see people who want to make something happen, that they know that they can make happen, they believe in it. And if, if that's the case, then, you know, you're going to have to get backing. And just because whether that's, you know, at the end of the day, if you are if you have just gotten married mm-hmm. and you just got your first job maybe a year or so before that, Unless you have some sort of outside influence, you know, you don't have a lot of money to work with. Now you have the ability to budget and make sure that you work hard and make things make sense and 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 check things, fact check things on every you know on a monthly basis and and live a life. But um, you know, I think that there's definitely you know parts parts where you're going to have to borrow. I mean, I, th- I don't think a mortgage is a wrong thing to do. Um, you know, I think you know, and I think. You know, Ramsey would, would speak in that and all of his books and, um, pieces. And, and do I think that you want to pay it off as quick as you can and, and live a happy life? Yes, and be debt free. Um, uh, but I think that sometimes life doesn't work in, in a sense of that. I mean, you know, like, like you said, if you, if you went and you had a large traumatic injury and something took place and, you know, you had to go on disability and, you know, things happen. I mean, people just can't plan for things in life. And so, um, I don't know if that's, that's kind of a long-winded way of saying it. I'm not sure that really answers your question, but I definitely think that, you know, credit card debt and being being slave to credit is not what you want to do. You don't live to
1: make your minimum monthly payment. And, and that's what 99% of people are doing. Yeah. it's a very small yeah. portion that are going in for just genuine business, that to expand their business. I actually don't think you should borrow money to start a business. I think that's actually colossally stupid, Because we didn't. And we also didn't have a trust fund or a family backing of anybody. We just had to do it on our sure. own. And we did it. Uh, that's we just had to start small and grow slow. It was sucked, uh, but it paid off. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and I uh, think that's
1: good. I think that that's that's
0: that's that's a like that's a, that's a there's a there's a noble side to that. I mean, you don't you don't have to um, you know just say you're going to pledge something you don't have and be indebted for 20 years to to get something that you want that you think is right. I mean, that's 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 not a good way to look at it. But I do think that you know. Um, in a sense, I think that, you know, there's there's bad to everything. I mean, attorneys are liars and bankers are um, robbers and, you know, um, consultants are just frauds and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's, there's going to be bad at everything. But at the end of the day, because you're, you're talking about banking in general, banking is going to find a way to make people's dreams come true. And, and, and as cheesy as it sounds, like a Disney reference, like, people want things for good you know like people want to find find ways to make the dreams come true mm-hmm. and sometimes that is going to result in you know having to borrow and you know not just borrow but get backing and quantifiably accurate backing, not like handshakes like we talked about earlier, but like, you know, you have projections and this makes sense. And there's a whole science that goes behind it. So I don't think there's, you know, I don't think in the sense of like businesses that, you know, that, and, and, and even, even some things that people do, I mean, you know, I, I would never stray or say that, you know, a young married couple who, you know, is making you know fifty thousand dollars a year needs to you know doesn't you know they don't need to go in and not buy a home because I, I i personally think that it makes sense to build equity in a house and i think that if you put a 30 year out there and well, you work an hard asset and,
1: that's growing in value and right yeah it no, locks in your cost of
0: living right yeah i mean you're not i mean you know i don't think you to say you're going to build credit and just go you know blow things and sit there with a thirty thousand dollar balance and credit card debt is going to help you by any means but i do think that you know there's there's a, there's a sensible uh, understanding and making sure that you know and, and you know the other thing too that amazes me is that people don't realize the acts you know you have access to understanding these days it's so easy and credit score and uh, and that whole conversation is not a hard conversation to swallow or understand these days as it was like 10 or 15 years ago so i mean people have the ability to understand like hey if i do this my credit score is going to jump up if I'm only utilizing 30% of my, you know, credit card availability, and it makes sense for my monthly budget that I have and expenses, and it makes sense, and I pay it off every month. But at the end of the day, like you know, like that, you you have that ability to, to like see thing, you know, to understand that, and um, you know, you just you have to do what's comfortable. And I think that sometimes ignorance is bliss, and you know, if with with people who probably just wouldn't be able to handle that it's probably best just to stay away from that and use a debit card and you know what it it stinks because i think that you know there's a lot of benefits to credit cards i think there's things when you know it comes to you know money being stolen or identity theft a lot of things that it's good when you go travel or use you know use your money at a gas station or something i think it makes sense to use a credit card um which I think is what you're talking about, more consumer debt. But, I, you know, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you ever want to build debt, but I do think that there's a, there's an important side of that, that a lot of people have the ability to understand, but I think just don't fully understand it. And I think that's kind of where, you know, you kind of have to enlighten yourself a little bit.
1: You're protected with a debit card.
0: You are. Um, but there's, there's some things that, you know, you can... Um,
1: and if I swipe and someone steals it, because I mean, we've had that happen and right. put some money back because we were protected by Visa or MasterCard's zero liability guarantee, whatever it's called.
0: There, there's times and instances- Although we do,
1: actually I should a good question because I, I don't even know my PINs. They assign us a random PIN and I don't even know what it is. I just use credit. And I, like I go to the gas pump When you, when I you swipe credit. a transaction, yeah. you swipe it's credit. Yeah. So I don't know if that puts us through that system or if it'll work the same if I enter a pen. I
0: mean, like, this is a small facet of banking that we're just talking about. But, like, you know, this is like, you know, all, all a bank, all a bank's, you know, inherited risk is, you know, again, risk management and also fraud. And fraud is something that deals with technology, which is changing every day. So, I mean, there's like. There's all kinds of. There's a lot of. There's a. This is a. This is a big conversation that kind of goes into it. But you know, one of the, one of the small points that you have to explain to people is that like a debit card is cold hard cash, and although that there's some you know there's some reserve and some ability for banks and, and things to be backed by at the end of the day, what you pull out of there is cash. It's, it's, it's you know, and so um, it just it just it just kind of it, it's circumstantial what you're doing and, and that kind of thing. But anyways. Um, yeah, f- like you know, fraudulent activity is a whole another beast, and it's just something that you have to deal with. That's that's something that is one of the bank's main purposes is to make sure you know that people are being protected. And
1: that's that's a it's a whole nother We've had our card frozen so many times because they're they're on the ball with that kind of stuff. We go to a different state, and they're like, hmm Shut it off real quick. Uh, I got nothing else. Anything you want to say? No, dad-wise. Dad, what? Like, oh, as a
0: hundred percent dad? I don't know. Just anything you feel called or inspired to say. I don't. I don't. I. I think that's a good opening question, but I, I don't think I have anything to get up for you. Put your
1: kids to bed at a certain time. Yeah. Because apparently, since it was they're... about twenty minutes ago.
0: Yeah. Since, especially since she's the one knocking at the door, telling me it's yeah. time to get to bed. All right. Cool. That's a wrap. I appreciate it. Cool.
1: Hopefully, we have battery power still. It's third no, does not. Fifteen minutes.